0: And now, prepare your ear holes for penetration, as we bring you
1: another great podcast, from the Poop Culture Extended Universe. Start. Poop Culture, yeah, yeah, Poop Culture, Poop, 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 Poop Culture, yeah. The poop culture, Ooh, poop culture, poop culture, yeah yeah, poop culture, poop 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 poop
2: culture, yeah, it's the poop culture. Oh, yeah. yeah! Welcome, dudes, dweebs, dicks, to another installment of the poop culture podcast. On this week's show, fellow poopers, it's time for another duel of the decades. I am Mark James, and joining us as always is my partner in slime and teammate on the undefeated team, the Mama Lukes. It's Rick Man Crush. And the challengers, the Blue Barracudas, Carlos from the Be Kind and Rewind podcast, and Greenhorn and newcomer to the show, it's Jimmy. And tonight's special guest judge from the Video Rangers podcast it's the Honorable Mike Ranger, gentlemen. What is going on, buddies?
0: <laughs> oh, Jesus! Lisa. His mom just died. Yeah, I, feel bad about I saw that. that. Yeah,
3: I saw the tributes.
0: Uh, we yeah. were watching Encino Man the other day, and we were talking a little bit too much
3: about Paulie Shore, and what happens. His mom dies. Yeah, you can't, you so, can't do that. You can't do I that. Know. And now we got two more deaths coming our way. They come in threes. Th- thanks, guys. <sighs> it's terrible. I think uh. we've killed
0: a couple other people along the way.
3: Well, at least now you know what to do in the next uh, the the death pool. At, oh jeez, when uh, Brutus
0: the Barber Beefcake was on, we talked about George the Animal Steel and he died like
2: days later. That's who it was. Yeah, it was George the Animal Steel
3: Are you guys verbal voodoo dolls? I was like, <laughs> I, I'm not going to anger you guys at all.
2: I don't think there's anything to it, because I've been talking about Trump forever, and we know how that worked out. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, Trump, is a he's a horcrux, so you got to. Yeah. Need some of his hair. Yeah. Anyhow,
0: let's get into uh, the rules of this game. The people that have listened to these episodes before now probably notice that we have five people on here, and they're like, what in the fuck is going on? You're destroying it. Well, listen, there were people that had a little bit of a problem with the fact that Mark and I kept winning, and they were saying that we were manipulating the other team to take our picks. I thought that was the point of the game.
2: Right. That was the point. It's kind of like high school mock debate. You take whatever point you have, whether it's good or valid or whatever, and you sell it the best you can. You plead your case.
0: And I thought that's what we were doing, but to play it fair, We've called on the Honorable Judge Mike Ranger, and he's going to be the one deciding who wins each one of the five rounds. And we're going to do it just like last time. First three rounds are a point each. Last two rounds are two points each. Team with the most points at the end will rise victorious. Now, Mike, before we get started, you need to do the ceremonial coin toss to see who goes first. And please describe what you're using for a coin there. Uh,
4: we are going to use the cover to a VHS uh, entitled uh, River of Death. It's a canon picture. Yes. And um, what's great about it is I got it at a flea market, but uh, I didn't bother to check the tape. And when I got home, uh, what I had was was a, was a nice fresh copy of Get Shorty. Oh, Thunders.
2: man. I that hate worst. when that happens, man. You
0: you live and the old learn.
1: Get Shorty switcheroo. <laughs>
0: yep. All right. So what's heads and what's tails? Are we going front cover heads? I think so. There's a head on it. All right. Excellent. So that I'm sure there's a head on the back too. There always is. All right. Since you guys are the visitors, call it
3: in the air.
2: Go
0: for it, Carlos.
3: Okay. Let's do this. Ready? Ready. One, two, three. Tails. It is tails. Blue Barracudas. You have the ball. All Ooh. right. All right. That's the, uh, so do we get to pick the category as well? Yes, you do. Yes, you All do. right. Jimmy. What are you thinking? What do you think is a strong point to start out? Or we don't want to go we don't want to go off of the, the super strong first oh, cuz it's just one point.
0: <laughs> we got a guy that's
3: been here before. He knows what's going on. Fuck. <laughs>
2: They're learning the strategies now.
3: I think we can use big news. Do you think big news would be middle ground, good middle ground. That's strong.
1: We'll start with big news.
3: I love it. Okay. So I'll uh, I'll rock this one out here. So for big news, uh, April 4th, 1997. Uh, we had a Pegasus rocket carries the remains of twenty four people into Earth's orbit in the first space burial. This is sci fi stuff right here. It's a true sci fi stuff I, if this happened in ninety seven, I had no idea. Whose remains <laughs> was it? <laughs> they didn't they didn't say I'm sure some astronauts or maybe you know, maybe Apple executives, who knows? But the-
2: <laughs>
0: hang on before before you go too far, I just want to throw this out before I forget. You just said this happened, and I had no idea, and neither did I. So how is this a big story? <laughs> I mean, you gotta
3: you gotta think of the significance of it, not not the I would say the big the biggest story, but okay. more the significance. <laughs> well, why wouldn't you do the biggest story?
4: You, you know what? Don't don't feel bad, man. I do this like every time I come on. <laughs> well, I'm glad we're using I'm glad we're using this one
3: as the first one then.
1: Let me give them a baseline of what lost to this. There was a big flood in the Midwest, part of the United States, that caused two billion dollars in damage, and that's what I was going to go with till he brought on that you could have (laughs) Viking funerals, but in space.
3: (laughs) But like to hear about it now and that this happened 21 years ago, that's pretty awesome. That's the awesome factor is up there. It's a cool story, I guess.
2: When you think about it, it's space trash.
0: Wait, who
3: got buried?
2: I just asked that
3: (laughs) they didn't say you got buried, but the way they did it is like some of they would take a little bit of ash up there; wouldn't be the full remains, and some of it would stay in the ship. And whatever, like I think they'd have like an escape pod or something come down, and it would like burn up with the escape pod come down. So technically, you just your remains would just like float out into you know the clouds in in the Earth's atmosphere. Based
1: on my research, I saw part of it was G- Gene Roddenberry was was saved for this excursion. And for those of you who don't know who Gene Roddenberry is, he invented Star Wars Trek or Star Trek War.
3: No, Star Trek. There it is, Star Trek, the original series. There's some more significance. I, I'm tell- I know, like we said, big, but this is significant. Okay, all right, so you
0: go with the significant factor mm-hmm, over yeah. the top news factor. Okay.
3: <laughs> yeah, 20,
2: 20 bucks if we recover those ashes today and you open that canister up, there's a roach somewhere stuck in those ashes.
3: Okay, <laughs> and a cigarette as well.
2: Right. <laughs> it's like half a pack of uh, Paul Malls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, so you
0: have the, uh, even, what would you, what's the name of the story?
1: Yeah, that, we'll call the headline Space Viking Funeral. All right,
0: Space Viking Funeral. Now, what is your second story?
1: The biggest news item that I found was that it was the first year of inaugural. It was the inaugural year of Interleague Baseball. It threw the purists for a loop. Everybody's freaking out like before the opening of baseball that April. Um, what are you doing to the game? Why are you doing this? Like the, the whole point was for East versus West, um, American League versus National League to meet in the World Series. And this opened up a wide. Ranging field of options For not only the sport of baseball for, But for other sports to come who would later Adopt interleague play
0: That's a good that's really good Because in the beginning that was awesome Actually I think for most of the country It was shitty Mike as Mets Fans it was probably cool for us Because we got the subway series Before the subway series
4: interleague play Was was awesome for us because we had Two teams like right across the street from Each other so right. it was that was pretty Great because you had never seen that before um, and yeah. I imagine most in Chicago and California it was yeah. probably cool too. But if you had, had a team in fucking
0: Milwaukee, it was like <laughs> play, we're, who are we playing today? Yeah, you, know, you guys playing the Royals? Oh, cool.
2: I think this is a this is a pretty big story, man. When they integrated baseball, I, I think you're you might be able to <laughs> <I forgot. laughs> the integration
3: of America's pastime. <laughs>
4: All of a sudden, the American and the National League are both sharing the same water cooler.
3: See, we, we slow rolled you. <laughs> slow rolled you.
0: All right. So those are those are respectable. That's a big story. That's a top. That's a top news story. I uh, I think that one definitely holds up. That's a pretty big one. Uh, Mark, do you want me to go first, or do you want to continue the ass whipping?
2: No, I'll start. I don't mind. All right. All right. Go for it. I got a news note here out of uh, Washington D.C., our nation's capital. That kind of affects all of us to this day, whether we realize it or not and as podcasters we kind of do realize it and this was when the fcc or the federal communications commission gave notice to broadcasters that they are going to expand their definition of the seven dirty words uh, which traditionally have always been shit piss fuck cunt cocksucker motherfucker and tits
1: thank you carlin rest in peace
2: (laughs) (laughs) so the fcc is now saying it's those words plus a whole lot more any type of innuendos or anything that still may be considered dirty, they can nab you on that as well. And a lot of this backlash came about because of uh, complaints that were filed uh, from shock jock Howard Stern.
0: That's right. They weren't They weren't filed by him. They were filed about him.
2: About him. That's what I meant to say. They were filed right. about <laughs> yeah. Howard Stern. I, I don't know. He probably <laughs> filed them himself.
0: Yeah, and this was like a huge story back then because then he had the whole... Uh, march downtown in new york city yes. later on in the month uh against the fcc yep. and again we're able to say whatever the fuck we want right now so just because everyone just say whatever curse word you want right now con
3: you took one fuck
2: <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker
1: dippity do. oh it's
2: shitty <laughs> and mike
1: ranger mike you didn't do one says the guy who also didn't do one
4: cocksucker
1: Oh, that was from the list. Well
0: done. I like compound words.
2: Yeah, that's a good one.
0: This is a little fun story that attaches to Marx. Uh, <laughs> while I was digging through and finding articles about this, there's an article from Philadelphia where it's talking about how Howard Stern has now become second in their market behind John DeBella of WMMR 93.3. And in the article, they said. John DeBella don't care. He said he's not worried because Stern's ratings are gonna decrease. It's part of the normal flow of ratings. He'll be gone tomorrow. That worked out. Cause who the fuck is John DeBella? <laughs>
3: Who's DeBella? <laughs> yeah. Oh, son of a bitch. All right. So
0: I'm gonna switch to my story here. Good one, Mark. I like that. Major story still plays with what we're doing today.
2: And really, it, it is significant because this was in 1987. Now, if you remember in the later 80s and in the 90s, you had uh, the big stir up with the PMRC and everything. This was the start of that movement. What the fuck was the PMRC? The, Please explain. the Parents Resource Music Council, where they were going to censor all of the uh, albums. Tipper Gore. And, yeah. Tip or, you should have just said
0: Tipper Gore. I say Tipper Gore. is well, yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, she was part of it. She
1: wasn't the only one. But... Cunt. Absolutely.
3: So when we had Twisted Sister representing yeah. the yeah. entire music industry. yeah,
1: <laughs> The the umpa the music industry, the ESRB. Yep. So this was, was kind that...
2: of the start of that censorship in America, or the crackdown. Well, at least say, they I mean. had
3: the, the parental stickers. That's when we started getting those on the CDs, yep. right? Yep. Explicit yep. content. CDs. Yeah. You yeah.
1: might hear the word dippity-doo on your album. <laughs>
0: all that stuff it all stemmed from that story all started right there all right for our second story for decades there were basically three main channels that we had on television we had cbs nbc and abc however for grown-ass kids like mark myself and even the honorable mike ranger there's pretty much always been four major networks and that's because on april 5th 1987 the fox broadcasting network expanded its programming into primetime for the first time ever and that was the night that they premiered married with children and the tracy ullman show adding fox into this was like a huge mix because not only did it give everyone more stuff to watch and now you had this four channel lineup but it also diversified television while the other networks still had like their cookie cutter shows that were on fox was looking to revolutionize the game The head of programming for Fox at the time was 29 years old. The company's president was 39 years old. So they were really looking to be cutting edge and take over the younger market. And if you think about it, without Fox, you could bet your ass that we wouldn't have half of the shows that we have today on any of the other networks, CBS, ABC or NBC. And regardless of the ratings, they were actually pretty decent from the start being a new channel. Think about this for a second. Do you think... It was a coincidence that Roseanne premiered on ABC in 1988. That would have never happened if you didn't have Married with Children because that was ABC's knee-jerk reaction to putting a new show on the air that kind of coincided. And then, of course, let's not forget, without Fox, we wouldn't have The Simpsons, Family Guy, X-Files, 90210, Party of Five, The 70s Show, Living Color, Cops, House, 24, Arrested Development. Party of five. Fucking every other show that only lasted half of fucking season. Did I hear Party but Five?
3: <laughs> Party. Of I did. Five. I threw that shit in there. <laughs> oh god. We got Jennifer yeah. Love Hewitt and fucking yeah, we Matthew have Fox out of Without this, jeez. It's, uh, it's yeah, true.
1: and that if, bitch. If this was a reverse rap battle, this is the part where I'd be praising you for three solid minutes with awesome rhymes. <laughs> spaghetti, spaghetti. spaghetti. is. <laughs> that'd
0: be that'd be Mike Ranger. But that's uh, that's it. I mean, I don't know what you guys got to say about Fox.
3: But I think that's a huge ass story. Yeah, them coming to one of the one of the major networks. We know it did diversify, like you said, the Tracy Ullman show. That's where the Simpsons got their start. They were one of the little cartoons, just like a little like a cutscene cartoon, and then it kind of developed from there. Uh, and then of course, Marriage with Children. I love that show. You know, Al Bundy that's can't right. go wrong with some Al Bundy. Uh, but yeah, I, it's tough
1: for me. The debut of Fox meant early mornings viewings of Small Wonder, if you guys remember Small Wonder. Yes, oh. yeah. Dottie, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you, already, you already hit the nail on the head. The, the emergence of the slobcom. So for years, for years, it was all these stand-up comics you'll find that they could make family-friendly, even though they weren't in real life. So like, Bob Saget became Full House, and Bill Cosby became and a raper. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Can you blame Fox on Bill Cosby? Maybe he was trying to get edgy. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe, Maybe
3: it was the sweaters. Maybe the sweaters have a long-term effect on somebody.
0: Cosby sweat. That
1: opening day you said april 7th 1987 that was april 5th april 5th 1987. 1987 like years later we have the the bushes hating the simpsons and then that writing uh, an apologetic letter to the simpsons after March simpson writes a letter to uh, barbara bush which i <laughs> thought was one of the most wholesome moments in tv political history Man,
0: so much going on so they're solid stories so the honorable mike ranger give us a winner for round one well you both both teams uh, had very sound
4: and convincing arguments. And while I do agree that interleague baseball was a really big deal, three years later, nobody gave a shit about it. <laughs> 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 so I'm going to award the point to the Mama Lukes Yeah. I remember what a big fucking deal Married with Children was when it hit. It, it changed TV forever.
2: Yeah, it really did. Networks had to come up with counter-programming with Fox. There was That had never been done before.
4: No, they, t- they took the concept of the cl- classic TV family and just turned it upside down. Exactly. They did everything nobody else would do. And they had no choice. If they didn't do that, they wouldn't have lasted. Right. They wow, would have been
0: U- fucking UPN. <laughs> they would have been the Dumont Network there it Which is. was the ah, last the network Dumont Network Before Fox Which was like 50 years prior Or some shit like that It was Eisenhower era
1: Who said Dumont Network? Which one of you?
0: Uh, that would be Rick
1: Rick Personal point for me You get a personal point
0: Sweet Do we get two? Is it two points? No <laughs> No <laughs> Alright Mark I think We can I think we gotta go Ah uh, I don't want to do. I don't want to do that one yet. I know what you're thinking, and it makes sense, but I don't want to do it yet because I think that's a gimme.
2: Okay, all right. So let's do. Uh, let's choose. do movies.
0: Let's do movies. Okay.
2: Let you know what we should do. Let's do movies.
0: Just, let's let's do it. Start it out, and I'll bring it home.
2: All right. So what we're gonna do now is we're gonna take a trip back to April of 1987 to a movie that is so so underrated by a major star from the 80s, Mr. Michael J. Fox. And of course, I am talking about the Michael J. Fox mega vessel, The Secret of My Success. One of my favorite Michael J. Fox movies, if not my favorite. I really think the role is tailored to his strengths. And uh, if you're not familiar with the movie, Michael J. Fox plays a young boy from Kansas who dreams big of moving to New York City and becoming a Wall Street bigwig. So... He finds out his uncle is uh, a bigwig at a Wall Street company, so he applies to that company, gets in the mailroom, and within a few months, ends up swindling his way to the top and purchasing the company. Totally believable, of course.
1: Yeah,
0: as all 80s movies were. Yes,
2: and winning the love of the most charming girl that works at the firm at the same time. So
1: For me, my initial confusion is I don't see where it fits in the Back to the Future saga, but I'm sure that's coming up soon.
0: <laughs> or, what about the teen wolf canon? It's funny that you guys are bringing those up because if you take a, a really dark spin on Secret of My Success, it's actually Bright Lights Big City where he plays Jamie and just gets hooked on Coke.
2: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, that's a deep cut, man. That's pretty much Sutherland the same. And Phoebe Gates? Yeah.
0: Oh, God. Man, that's a dark fucking yeah. movie. I think that came out. Either the next year or the year after that. That's a sleeper pick, but that was a big choice that Mark just did. That movie took in $66 million that it did.
2: year. Yeah. And I'm On not sure. Like ju- what, what is budget.
0: $66 million? Yeah, it in- was
2: a $12 million budget. Really? Worldwide, it pulled in over $110 million. USA Gross, of course, was sixty-six off a $12 million In 87 budget. Yeah, in $87, mind you.
0: In, in eighty in the year 1987, not
2: $87. Right, in 1987, do- <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Jesus yeah. Christ.
1: You're not accounting for inflation. It's, it's How much is it in 2018 dollars? What was the
0: 60, price? $66 million dollars, uh, domestically.
1: This calculation brought to you by math. Math. Don't you wish everybody did?
0: <laughs> well,
4: it's no secret why it was a success.
1: $145 million. Since it- <laughs>
0: All right, so that's... If you look at the movies today, 145 million dollars that brought in domestically—that's a pretty big movie on a small budget. Not a small budget, but well, it's not sizable. 12 million for then—that was that was fairly decent. But again, that that took in a lot. It wasn't the biggest? It was the biggest movie that month, and it was top ten of the year. Right. So it it did pretty friggin well. And uh, the movie that I'm gonna go with for this was a movie that took in 28 million dollars in 1987, which is $62 million in 2018 opening weekend. It took in about $8 million. It was number one in the box office, which is $19 million in 2018. So that's a fairly good opening. Let's see if the honorable Mike Ranger knows the movie I'm talking about here. I think it might've been something we were talking about this past weekend. It was a movie that was released on April 3rd, 1987 and it's the movie that asks the question Who think they can kill the brother of (laughs) Medulla? Oh, that's a little Citizens on Patrol, Police Academy 4. That's right. Or the the other statement. That's the best. Don't you ever touch my balls without asking. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, that's right. It's uh, Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol. In this movie, uh, Captain Harris is back. He was gone for uh, two and three. He was not in. Uh it's Mahoney's last police academy, so you know this is the last good one. Uh David Spade made his first ever appearance in a movie, and he looks exactly the fucking same as he does today. Like the one cool thing too is during one of the scenes where uh David Spade, he's supposed to be like a skate punk that gets recruited into the Citizens on Patrol of skateboarding. It's actually Tony Hawk yeah. playing his uh skateboarding double. And Tony Hawk in eighty seven was like Michael Jordan in 87. He was like the Michael Jordan of skateboarding. This dude won first place in everything that he entered. He was huge. He's still enormous today. think of skateboarding. First name that pops up, Tony Hawk. But the movie itself, man, it had great characters. My favorite character, Bobcat Goldwaite. Zed. It had the best scenes in the fucking movie. He does.
4: His opening in the that scene, is great when he walks into that library. Yeah. Oh, when he gets <laughs> or, or the that, golf that ball that in meeting? the mouth. Oh, dude, it's fucking yeah. great, man! <laughs> we covered that so uh, awesome. like episode forty-something.
0: Oh, Jesus! Oh. The, no, the scene I love with him. There's two of them. One is where uh, he's holding what the hell is the main the uh, the top guy, the old commandant. What's his name? Lasard.
4: Is it just Lasard? He's, uh, uh, yeah. he's holding his yeah. fish.
0: He's holding his fish, and he's trying to eat it. And Lessard yeah. turns around. And he's like, "Ah, I was just kissing the fish. Ah, I like this fish. Uh, He looks like you. Uh, And he throws him back in the bowl. Or when uh, his Mickey Mouse watch dies. And he's like,
1: he killed Mickey. Ah."
2: Yeah, it really is one of Bobcat's best films, if not his best
1: picture.
4: I don't know, man. Hot to trot it's is It's no hot, good. To <laughs> oh, yeah. hot to hot trot. Oh, hot to trot. <laughs>
1: wow. I don't know if you ever saw the Moxie show, the movie from Cartoon Network. That was a solid Bobcat film.
0: Oh, he's he's amazing in like everything that he does. He's yeah. an awesome writer too.
2: And a great director.
0: Yeah. Not from something you would expect. No. I know the movie that you love. What's the name of that,
2: that flick? I think it's a uh, God bless America.
0: Is that what the name of the movie? I think is? that's what it was. It's something along those lines. I but I think it's called Glory, it.
1: right? With Denzel Washington? I
0: think <laughs> it's weird. Glory with Bobcat Goldthwait. It'd be amazing. He's like the general that leads all yes. the black troops into
3: battle. You know. the same thing. <laughs> you know, Bobcat's favorite. His best one, Schindler's <laughs> List. You know? <laughs> yeah. I be I, I, I killed them all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right, so our movies, Secret of My Success, Police Academy 4.
3: All right. Jimmy, you want to go first with our movies?
1: Just so you know, these are the movies that didn't make the podium. This will lead us into what did get the uh, gold and silver medal for us here. So losing to these two movies are Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion, Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag, Gross Point Blank, Chasing Amy, which brought Kevin Smith into the mainstream before he decided to go back down below into the lower decks with Jane and Bob Strikes Back. My movie pick for this challenge is The Voight Vehicle, Anaconda, a documentary about the family troubles between John Voight and Angelina Jolie, and Owen Wilson's there. (laughs) Wow. Wow.
2: Anaconda. It's a
3: big one. Was it Jennifer uh, Lopez in that? You bet your ass she was in that. Ice Cube, Owen Wilson. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Who casted that?
1: Somebody who got a raise, for sure. Yeah.
4: (laughs) I saw that in the fucking drive-in, and it was double-featured with Down Periscope.
3: Oh, oh nice oh, 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 oh. down periscope. Ugh. Yeah. Kelsey a little Grammer. Kelsey, Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, Your money is worth
1: for that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, a little
2: interesting Bye. tidbit here I'll throw out. Anaconda and the secret of my success share the same writers. Oh
3: nice. Yeah. Dr. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> an <laughs> Dr. anaconda made what like 100 136 million i think yeah, on a 45 million dollar budget which is pretty solid what did it really yeah that's wow that's, that's pretty big big time especially for 97 this is like kind of uh the cgi was really coming they're they're uh putting it to the the task there with the uh with the snake I made a lot, but that movie was a huge piece of shit. <laughs>
0: Y'all we went
2: to go see it, though. Matter <laughs> of fact, I actually have, here in the Man Cave Studios, I actually have my original movie tickets, I believe, from oh, Anaconda, man. when I went to go oh, see man. it, from 97. I think I still so have the stuff. That's how stubs. much it means to
1: you. That's pretty awesome. I think, for me, for me, it was the first instance, can CGI be used to comedic effect, like how they digitally inserted o- Owen Wilson like Jar Jar Binks, and, and yeah, <laughs> you can do it. What?
2: They didn't really put Owen Wilson inside a snake? No. Oh, fuck. No, he sorry. did many more shitty movies. You ruined the goddamn film for me.
1: Hashtag spoilers. Yeah. Were we supposed to start the show with that? I'm so sorry. Yeah, thanks, Jimmy. Jeez.
3: Anaconda had, um. what's Eric Stoltz, who was, <laughs> hey, this is going to tie into our Bachelor of Future theme. He was in Back to the Future, and then he That's wasn't. Right. <laughs> and then uh, Michael J. Fox came in. Oh, my God, our movies are like... Uh, there's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon, right now. Holy shit! Yeah, I.
0: Did you ever see any footage of that? Did they ever release any? Footage? Yeah, it's, it's on, on YouTube. The, it's on one Is of he the bad? sets.
1: He's not bad, but I could see the studio wanted like a funny actor, so he he was gonna take it in a more serious tone. And Michael J. Fox was just way more playful with it. So the tone of the movie that you get now, and that's like this family-friendly sci-fi action adventure film. That it's totally would have changed intonation if. If eric stoltz had done it it probably would have done okay it would have made its money back but it wouldn't be the mainstay the national treasure that it is
3: yeah it was just cool to see the same scenes shot like the final scenes you see and then you see him basically like kind of running around the downtown area and some of the diner stuff they've shot
1: and and kudos to the camera crew for getting like nearly, if not the exact same camera mm-hmm. angles. Cause you can, you can literally, like, if digital insertion was a thing back in those days, that's, that's what you could have done. It's just like Adobe premiered at Michael J. Fox for <laughs> Eric Stoltz. <laughs> All
0: right. So that's money wise, good pick. I think it's a
3: questionable quality movie, but, but it definitely, it definitely was, uh, a spectacle because this is like I said oh, it was. with the CGI and everything they hyped it up they the trailers were cool like they showed all the 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 finished CGI for those trailers so like you really got people hyped up So it may have not been quality for sure. Definitely not in that case. But the hype, it definitely got a lot of people because I remember me, a bunch of my friends and I, we went to go see it, even though we thought, even afterwards, we thought it was dumb. But it's a guilty, it's a great guilty pleasure. It's not a cult classic. It's not a good movie. It's not a bad movie. It's just a guilty (laughs) pleasure. It's a great, you know, just kind of popcorn movie. It's not good when a movie like that is not a
0: cult classic because you think you would think that movie would be a Cult classic. I had
1: assumed it was a cult classic because Rift Tracks made fun of it and they were able to acquire the rights really cheaply. R- Rift Tracks being the modern day version of Mystery Science Theater 3000. And uh, my favorite line from when they mocked it was they're carrying Eric Stoltz. And they're like, no, it's okay. We'll take you out of this movie. It was just a fantastic <laughs> insult to Eric Stoltz. His- <laughs> I bet he wishes somebody did carry
2: him out of that movie. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> again. <laughs> Sons of bitches.
0: All right. Now I'm really curious. What's the
3: other choice? So the other choice is a another I would say disaster type movie. This is one in the middle of the '90s disaster movies. We got an onslaught. We got the original ones. We got the two first the ones that were competing for the same premise, basically. Uh, oh but we I picked one of the two in this battle, and the one we picked was the awesome Tommy Lee Jones led volcano. Oh, oh. you should have went Dante's Peak. <laughs> Uh, well, they didn't come out the same time. They didn't come out in April. Yeah, Dante April. Speak was not yeah. April, unfortunately. I could not go with good old Pierce Brosnan, but we, they, we went with we another older with... actor who definitely was trying to do an action movie when he couldn't. He shouldn't have been doing it. But the movie, 120 Don Cheadle, <laughs> Don Cheadle doing action movies 20 years later. Uh, it grossed 122 million on a 90 million dollar budget. So. It made some Kidding didn't me. really make didn't money do too well <laughs> <laughs> and it had the uh, slowest action scenes of all time with with lava chasing it but uh, I just remember it being having uh, Los Angeles being like more of a character than anything because they're just running around you know different plays of tar pits they're going around the different different oh yeah yeah, yeah. the different places it was a complete ripoff of earthquake yeah with just a different catastrophe and this right. is like Tommy Lee Jones what like he was like doing U.S. Marshals and stuff like that so he was still like in his reign of doing quality movies and still yeah like, he wanted to go more action for whatever reason so this is kind of what their middle ground was he's like oh I don't have to really run fast cool i <laughs> let's do it so uh, I don't have to run at all uh, at all Sweet. yeah and so um <laughs> And Don Cheadle, of course, being in the movie, kind of he was he was more of uh, the control room guy, but and more of the I'm gonna take Tommy Lee Jones's uh, job when uh, when he when he dies here. But I, I don't. I know. Liked I liked
1: his I, line. Boom, looking for this, like that was hilarious to me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sounds it. <laughs> yeah. So volcano, and of course, as like I said, Dante's Peak was the com- the competitor. I think they, I think volcano maybe got more attention. Dante's Peak was just kind of it was good but I don't think it got as much attention as Volcano did. Uh just in the middle. No, of... they beat it. It's like canon. It's the first one that comes out mm-hmm. is going to get everything. Yeah. yeah. So this uh Volcano was the uh, was the other movie. All
2: right, Mike Ranger, right. the honorable Mike Ranger, what is the verdict for round 2? This is a really tough one because if I have to pick like there's two
4: movies on here that I like and there's two that are just kind of eh, and I'm trying to see which one might have been the bigger deal because on one hand you've got michael j fox on his upswing you've got you're continuing the police academy series steve gutenberg is fucking huge at this uh, right right about now <laughs> the goot anaconda launches uh jennifer lopez's career somewhat this is like her uh was money train like right around this time yes uh right yeah. after, yeah, it, after I think. it yeah volcano kind of was a big deal even though it kind of sucked um I, I well, yeah, I'm, I'm being nice. <laughs> I'm gonna give it to the blue barracudas. Oh, Ooh,
3: man. the equalizer! The equalizer will take it. Sympathy points.
0: <laughs> All right, so that's one point a piece. That gives you guys control of the board.
1: Do you want to try hot news again? I feel like this time, if we sold it right, we could really sell that Pegasus story. Just <laughs> <This sucker,
3: laughs> um, take a mulligan on the on the hot news. Um, it, we're still on a one point. Is that what we're? Oh, yeah, yeah, we're still on the one point. <clears throat> what do you think about the, the product, the hot product? Because I think the other two we have are, are pretty solid. Okay. Hot product. Come from the N64, the game, uh, the console that I feel had the best Star Wars games. And this one, the X Wing versus TIE Fighter game. Uh, just like Rogue Squadron, the uh Pod Racer, this like this one just up there as well. You got to you got to play as X Wing, you got to play as Tie Fighter. I think you uh, unlocked the the uh, Millennium Falcon. Like this one was the shit when it came to like multi, like just getting down, just space battles. You know, uh, I know we had Rogue Squadron, when you can play in Hoth and everything, but this one for N sixty four, they're stepping up the graphics. This is big time for Star Wars fans. This I think we maybe are getting. Teases of the Phantom Menace coming out soon, so the hype was starting to build back up. Because between you know the last Jedi, oh, no, the last Jedi, Return of Jedi, and you know up to the Phantom Menace, you know it was kind of slowing down in regards to Star Wars products, at least the popularity. But they're starting to get an uptick once the uh, people knew that George Lucas was penning the Phantom Menace. Little did we know, we didn't know about Jar Jar at that point, but <laughs> we were definitely pumped. <laughs> so uh, if we had we would not yeah, be pumped we wouldn't we no. wouldn't have been as pumped but we definitely people were, i know a lot of friends who had this game getting down on some x-wing and tie fighter
1: all
0: right all right i can see it so wh- what's the uh what's the second product
1: <laughs> so carlos i'm actually since you've uh saved our team so far i'm gonna let you go ahead and and continue this momentum go ahead and, and go ahead and drop our bomb dude do it buddy
3: that was the the N64 is what I had. I don't know what else. Oh we no! Have. Oh, we we talked
1: about it. The uh, so you guys remember the MP1 and the MP2, and then we moved on to the MP3, a trilogy of of music files. And if Carlos, if I wanted to play this in the nineties, what what could I do other than cry? I had to cry, right? Although if I went to, if I really wanted to whip the llama's ass, I would go ahead and download Winamp. <laughs>
3: that's right. That's right. That's right.
1: Oh, Winamp. Winamp, That's, Winamp,
3: gotcha. Winamp.
2: Is that when Winamp came out? April '97, my dudes. Wow, man! I wow. thought it was out long gotta, before that.
1: Got to get your skins.
2: Oh man!
1: Remember downloading those and visualizations, and mm-hmm. you would get you would listen to obviously the default MP3 going. Man, man, man. Get your Taco Bell dog on if you wanted. I don't even know how oh. people found music in those days before Napster. Like you would just. Put something into a search engine. You put it in. You would put your stuff in the HotBot or Lycos, find your song, wait 40 minutes to download it, hope your mom didn't pick up the phone while you were downloading <laughs> your song.
0: <laughs> nah, dude, you got them from the news groups. Oh, yeah. You pulled your stuff off news groups, you went to IRC, you downloaded stuff off of IRC. That's where you got your music from. Or you just grabbed your CD, you ripped it, and you traded with your friends, and that's kind of how you built your library. But yeah, dude, that's a solid pick. I remember using Winamp. And yes, Mark, he is correct. That is a 1997 thing. I remember switching over because before that, I forgot the name of the program that I used, but it was terrible. And he used to crash in the middle of all my songs.
1: Windows Media Player?
0: Uh, No, I did not use (laughs) Windows Media Player. I had something else. I just can't think of the damn name of it.
1: Sonique? Actually, Sonique was pretty awesome. I wish
0: Sonique had lasted longer than it did. Uh, But Winamp is solid. So I'm glad that... uh, You guys got two good products now. Yeah. So I feel like we got some competition rolling. (laughs) We we got two solid products. (sighs) All right, Mark, you you want me to start this round?
2: Yeah, go right ahead.
0: When you're looking for products, especially back in the 80s, it's hard to kind of figure out when products launched. Because unless you're dealing with a major piece of technology or like a fucking Cabbage Patch Kid, it's sometimes it's pretty hard to figure out the exact dates of the release, but it's possible. And a lot of times I use newspapers.com to find all my information out. So I'll give them a little spot, but this item right here was something that every kid wanted in 1987. And since their parents were not going to drop thousands of dollars on a Sony camcorder in 1987, which was probably like two or $3,000 myself as a nine year old kid, wanted the Fisher price PXL 2000 which you can pick up for 150 bucks which is about $350 today but with this you could record 11 minutes of black and white video onto a 90 minute audio cassette tape and it came with the uh the RF cable was, this is like pre composite so you had the Stupid RF box with the switcher, yep. and then you could play it on the TV. It had a built in microphone for audio, it ran on six AA batteries. You could bring it around, it was portable for the first time. For an extra 50 bucks, you could even get like the little Watchman style TV monitor so you could review while you recorded. And uh, this little badass recorder recorded at 15 frames per second and it had an awesome resolution of 120 by 90.
1: <laughs> wow. That's Game Boy printer stuff, man. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's
0: pretty amazing. But you can record five and a half minutes per side of the cassette tape. The sound on it was utter dog shit because you actually hear the cassette rolling as it's uh, pulling through the mic. But it was pretty cool nonetheless. Kids didn't have this option before then. So for 1987, the first article that I could find talking about it in stores was April 5th. And through the holiday season, everybody wanted one of these. Like I said before, it was started at 175 bucks for the holiday season. They lowered it to about 150. My parents, when I wanted one of these, they didn't pick it up till the next year when they dropped it to $99 and mine never worked. And I had to return it to Child World. I was
1: really upset. But Your anyway, story made me sad.
0: Yeah. It's <sighs> it's a really cool fucking thing though, because to this day, I mean, you think about it. We didn't. Well, I don't know if you guys were old enough, but back then we really didn't have anything that we can record video on, and our parents weren't going to pay for these things. So if you wanted to make a movie, this is the only way you were going to do it, and that was with the Fisher Price PXL 2000.
1: Yep. Your YouTube I, shows must have been terrible in those days at 190 versus 82 pixels or whatever <laughs> it was. <laughs> well, that
3: Netflix resolution, Jesus! <laughs> it wasn't good resolution, but when
0: you're a kid, I mean, look at the sets that we have, like picture sets. They don't come out great, and then you have, like, what's the uh, Easy Bake Oven? You wouldn't eat that shit either, but it was fun to make stuff on. Right. And then it was the same thing with this product.
2: Oh, I remember this product, absolutely. It was the one toy that I wanted so fucking bad and never got. I wa- it was the, it, And it was only around for a couple of years um, that I remember it, and uh, it, it was so hard to get a hold of. They would sell like hotcakes. You couldn't get a hold of them.
0: Until everybody realized that they didn't work in the second or third (laughs) year and they were gone.
2: Yeah, but...
0: But it's cool. You can pull them up on YouTube. You can see people still use them today. Hipsters all over got these things. They pull them out. Oh, yeah. They're still popular. They came back uh,
2: quite a few years ago.
0: They had, uh, in the movie with... Maybe Mike can help me out with this. It had Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, the chick that played... Catwoman. What the hell is her name? It just had the uh, Halle Berry. No, Michelle not the no, no, not that one either. Anne Hathaway. <laughs> Anne Hathaway. <laughs> uh, it's Eartha like Eartha
1: Kitt. Eartha kit Right. <laughs> it was the two of them.
0: Her and Jake Gyllenhaal are lying in bed, and she's actually filming him with a PXL two thousand. That movie. It's saw oh, uh, no love, shit. love, and other things, or something. The name of the movie is. I think I have it.
2: Hmm. Nice.
0: It's a little homage to the PXL 2000. <laughs> this is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs.
3: Welcome to Firehouse.
1: Tired
0: of overpriced lunches that under deliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time, you can get a $4.99 choice sub. Choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just $4.99, only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs save more lives participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery it's a great product did you get that at crazy eddies (laughs) yeah it was (laughs) definitely
2: a crazy eddie or the whiz all right so for my product i got a little product you guys may have heard of called red bull you guys ever drink red bull what (laughs) so i'm gonna read right from the red bull website Because, you know, you got to back your facts up. In 1987, on April 1st, Red Bull Energy Drink was sold for the very first time in its home market in Australia. It was not only the launch of a completely new product. In fact, it was the birth of a totally new product category. Now, today, Red Bull is available in 171 countries. And around 68 billion cans of Red Bull have been consumed so far. So, and that all happened starting April 1st, 1987.
1: It started in Australia? Uh, yes. USA, for a place yeah. where you're dehydrated constantly, at first it doesn't make sense to me, but that is like the coffee capital of the Pacific Rim.
3: So, okay. Big surfing community know. too, so. Yeah, red. I think Red Bull's a pretty big deal. <laughs> <laughs> pretty big You've heard it, of them? I, I would It, it see works
1: that. 60% of the time, 100% of the time.
3: Yeah, the Every time. the
2: the initial genesis of a Fortune 500 company. Can you imagine the
0: motor oil that that shit was in 1987? Oh my god, it must with have no been with no
3: regulations t- on any of that. that those drinks they had no, no it was idea all what ephedra. to do with It was like 100% ephedra and water. <laughs> they, you know, they peed in a couple of them.
2: <laughs> well, it's taurine. It's bull piss. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible.
0: It it's tastes true. like fucking battery acid.
2: We've, we've bought sixty-eight billion cans of it since nineteen eighty-seven. So that's my product, Red Bull. I
3: would say that's kind of popular. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> that's, that's I've something. seen. I saw one or two advertisements during these the big game. So I think the, they're doing all okay. of
0: all of the big games, the football all of match, the big
2: foot, the big, fo- the big the, football game
1: when the squadrons were doing the sport. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, the
4: Honorable Mike Ranger. I'm trying to look at it from the perspective of was it big immediately or because obviously Red Bull is is fucking huge now, but in '87 we were drinking Jolt. So,
0: and
3: then Surge,
4: and, yeah. Well, Surge was that's the '90s.
0: Yeah.
4: Uh, I'm also you gotta cu- look
0: at the overall
3: pop culture. Yeah, you like, think
1: just feet.
3: I guess, are we going immediate impact, or are we going overall? Because that's another thing that's oh, subjective it's, it's as got, well. It's, it's got to be take, overall.
2: Yeah, it's got to be overall. you got to take into consideration, I think, both. Yeah. But,
4: well uh, then uh, Here, I'll put the um, nail on the coffin
0: right here. You selected Fox before because of Married With Children. That was not big right off the bat.
4: That was big within its first year. Eh,
0: not as big as it was like over the
4: course of 11 years. Well, then, by that logic i guess i should have chosen secret of my success and Police gotta be <laughs> <laughs> um
0: it's a nine because
4: winamp <laughs> winamp was a pretty big fucking deal the n64 was terrible <laughs> oh god i'm gonna give this one to the mama luke's
0: red bull whoa whoa i did not see it the, swinging back i uh, go ahead I guess see yeah. yeah, it. Red Bull. The it, Red Bull's pretty good. We did not large. whip the
1: llamas' butt. No. <laughs>
2: that one was really close, though. It's all right. Wow. I, I feel I feel good about our last two. All right, so we're in control. We're in control of the board again. Man Crush. Where are we going?
0: Two point round, right? So let's do a two point round. I think we're two point round. We just
2: let's do it. Television. Television. All right. Flip a coin. Who wants to go first? Me or you? Uh, I'll
1: go first, I guess. You you want want ahead? To, that was me me a boring VHS tape, tape flip. <laughs> 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 All
0: right. For my television selection, I'm going to take some liberties here and I'm going to do a combination selection. I'm obviously going to go with Married with Children, being that it was April 5th, 1987's premiere. But I'm also going to need to drop 21 Jump Street into the mix which launched April 12th, 1987, which is a Sunday, by the way, a day before my ninth birthday. It was really hard to choose between uh, one or the other because I liked both shows so much, but everyone knows both shows. It It's not even like it's just a cult following. These were major shows and they're still played in syndication to this day. 21 Jump Street Even turned two movie adaptations, and they were both fucking hilarious. Married with Children was on for 11 seasons. That's like in Cheers territory. And then 21 Jump Street was around for five seasons, and it spurned off the two movies. It introduced the world to Johnny Depp, and of course
2: it gave us Booker.
3: Pinnacle (laughs) TV series. (laughs) That's the important piece right there.
2: Yeah. All right. So for my TV selection, we are also going to stick with the brand new and fledgling Fox network. And they had a show on there that we mentioned earlier, Carlos, you brought this up the Tracy Ullman show, but on April 19th, 1987, Tracy Ullman wasn't the star. It was a, uh, a new cast of characters that were introduced called the Simpsons that debuted for the very first time on network television, April 19th, 1987. Yeah. So they developed a uh, short shorts that were inserted into the Tracy Allman show and I believe they had a little I think they had like 45 or 50 of those and then after a while they of course the Simpsons became its own television show and you know over the years has done pretty good it has won 32 primetime Emmy awards in four different categories and has been nominated for 78 awards in nine different categories and has gone on to be one of the Largest television franchises ever with merchandising and uh, spinoffs with movies, cartoons, the entire video games, the entire Simpsons universe. 30 seasons. All started. Yeah, 30 seasons. All started April 19th,
1: 1987. Was there a Wikipedia article called How to Beat Jimmy and Carlos? <laughs> Is that what you referenced? <laughs> <laughs> The 80s always wins, man.
0: <laughs> That's not true. That's Mark not and I true. did the 90s, and we won in a landslide. They always win in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough one and to I, beat. I, and I'm not biased, though. We were going go back to go back-to-back with this one before. I'm glad we waited, but I, I figured you guys knew this was coming with the drop of Fox. Oh, yeah. yeah.
3: I was like, oh, no. I, don't like, but, I didn't like I that at all. I had an inkling. Yeah. Yeah. But That's I don't know. <laughs> see, I didn't like it. <laughs>
2: They got ninety seven though, and we're on TV now, so I'm a little worried though. They could still. up op- There were some pretty big shows in 1997.
4: Do they have to premiere in 97? In April of they
2: 97. They don't. They
0: don't have. They don't have to premiere. Here's the deal, and we got lucky here because because they were the premieres. last four. <laughs> yeah, the last four episodes that we did of this, we did January, February, March, and now April. You don't get a lot of premieres in those months. Like last time we did this. My choice was the A team with Boy George. It just happened to be the episode. I mean, yeah, you you funny. take cool. what's given to you here. You just you got to do the
3: research and see what comes up. So let's see what they got. Who you uh, you went first last time? So I'll uh, I'll rock this one out. I went first and third last time. <laughs> it's true. So I'll jump into this one. So yeah, so coming TV 1997. You're right. There's some pretty epic events happening here. Cultural shifting events with this uh, particular one um we're going to the Ellen DeGeneres show the puppy the puppy episode where Ellen reveals that she is a lesbian shifting the whole paradigm of how people perceive gay people in in TV and p- p- pop culture and just how gay people dance <laughs>
2: <laughs> gay people have puppies yeah. What? Why oh have God. you? Why have people been hiding this from me? That's Not my favorite puppies. thing
1: about that episode. It's been a <laughs>
3: mythical secret for years. Yes, and they revealed it on this episode, along with the fact that Ellen crazy is talk. is lesbian. So yeah, it, it, it had all kinds of like she had threats before she was going to do this that so she's going to lose you know fans and advertisers, but she still did it. And even after the fact, it, her show grew. You know, she, her popularity grew. The the show itself wasn't that great, but the the act itself. <laughs> you know, actually kept, you know, it it propelled her, you know, her stand up act. And eventually now, you know, she's got the Ellen show, you know, every day middle-aged women are watching that show. She's a new Oprah.
1: To add to your point, Carlos, like this is a time Disney had just bought ABC. Like this is what, this is who we want to be the face of our network. This is going to, this is how you're going to end your season. And luckily, I mean, it was, um, it was very unfortunate that Ellen couldn't find any more work with Disney afterwards um, she definitely didn't start any hit movies with any hit roles afterwards, but she she put everything she had on the line, and it it tore down barriers. All right, well, yeah,
2: that, I'll give
1: it. That is a large moment
2: in television history.
1: And it's funny you said she's the new Oprah because she actually interviews with Oprah playing portraying a, a a therapist.
4: This is like right around the time she did that movie. Like, uh, was it Mr. Wrong or some shit like that?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah. That title makes sense to me now. I get it.
4: Yeah, doesn't
1: it? So speaking of subverting the audience's expectations and flipping it, flipping them right on their head, if you guys are familiar with Jeopardy! and Wheel of Fortune, you often associate Jeopardy! with Alex Trebek and Wheel of Fortune with Pat Sajak and Vanna White. And on April Fool's Day of this year, Pat and Alex switched places for the first and only time in their history. I didn't know yes. tell-
2: they, f- they switched places? Yes. Oh, Pat yeah. Sajak hosted
1: Jeopardy and Alex Trebek hosted Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune was then played by Pat Sajak and Vanna White and also um, I think the the head of the Boy Scout organization at the time, I want to say if I'm remembering co- correctly because I was a huge Boy Scout geek and uh, so it was like super, it was just super awesome to see these, the, like because they're, they're entirely different shows with entirely different tones and enti- entirely different styles. So for Pat Sajak to bring kind of the gaminess to uh, the the intelligentsia of the day and then for Alex Trebek to be uh, boring, you know, right? (laughs) (laughs) You know, he
3: left mustache mustache hairs on uh, Pat Sajak's little stand right there. He's like, damn it, Trebek. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he left mustache hairs on Vanna White. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, Vanna. Still has the same job. Hey, man, turning those things, making triple digits.
0: Uh, Triple digits? Jeez. Chicks made millions. We've talked about this in a past episode.
2: Yeah, Oh, yeah. We had a lengthy conversation.
0: It just dawned on me one day, and so I Googled it, and she had made, like, over $20 million in her career. For That's touching crazy. letters and walking ten feet. To so
1: be fair, she used to have to spin them manually. <laughs> yeah, now she has to find that corner.
2: Right. And to be yeah. fair, she Definitely. did get a lot of that money when she took her clothes off.
1: She didn't get so. that much from. Playboy, I can't verify that, mail. but I don't have anything to dispute it. And you have to remember, <laughs> this is
3: nine. This is ninety-seven. This is like th- these show both these shows. They're like you know super heyday. Like people are watching. These aren't these just the afternoon. They're like show prime time, uh, for these shows. So. It was I back it in the days deal. when they were brought
1: to you by King World. Yeah.
0: Hey, you guys are talking about Ellen, and I already forgot Jimmy's pick versus Married with Children, Twenty One Jump Street, and The Simpsons.
4: Yeah, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna settle this right out. Uh, yeah, we should Ellen get a moderator. Th- <laughs> the, the Ellen thing is a big fucking deal. It's a it's a big deal when when she when she comes out of the out of the closet on TV, and it did oh, it it's. In a lot of ways, pretty much changed our how our society is made up and how we operate.
0: And we started interleague baseball then. Yeah.
1: So, <laughs> who you do know. you think caused that? Ellen comes out, and a week later, we have interleague baseball.
4: Dogs and cats living together—it's a big—it's a big deal. But if I had to choose between a rerun of Ellen telling the world she's a carpet muncher and. <laughs> Bob Rooney being stuck in a fucking wall. I gotta go with the Mama Luke's Marry with Children, The Simpsons, and Twenty One Jump Street are just quality programming.
0: Woo
2: All right. Well
0: you know what that means. I mean, a, it's, it's a KO at this point. Yeah. 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 But let's play <laughs> let's play round five for fun. All yeah, right.
4: I, I I didn't want to do that,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it was just
4: such a fucking landslide.
2: And that's really the luck of the draw because when we pick the years, we don't look to see. It's like we pick eighty-seven, ninety-seven, but we don't look ahead of time to see you know what was in those years, and then we decide who's going to get what years. And you know, it's it's really is the luck of the draw if you if you do your research.
3: It's
4: just. That's incredible. Like you got like the fucking front line of the '86 Bears.
0: <laughs> that that was a close one though. It had me sweating when he said the Ellen one. I was like, "Fuck, that's a really no." It, the Ellen a big thing. deal.
2: That that really was. That's, that was a, that's a tough huge one, deal. I mean, she was on the cover of TV Guide because of that, not because of her show, but just because of right. that. <laughs> <laughs> we we've been very
1: kind to Ellen sitcom. I'm I'm amazed only one joke came of it.
0: They thought she was Skippy from Charles in Charge.
2: (laughs) They thought she was Andy from uh, (laughs) from Family Ties. (laughs) Uh,
0: Okay. All right, so we're left with one thing. We're left with music. Uh, You know what? We'll let you guys go first.
1: My pick is the (laughs) six million album selling eponymous debut album of Third Eye Blind by Third Eye Blind which featured the huge hit Semi-Charmed Life, which I am more than happy to describe to you guys since I am still in this competition. It also featured that song about jumping off a ledge that I don't feel like looking the title up to right now. Jumper. Jumper. Thank you. There it is. (laughs) Thank you for Which was also
3: featured in about every 90s sitcom or, you know. Or
0: real uh, world episode. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
2: fucking horrible uh, i'm I'm sorry i cannot fucking stand this band or these songs they're horrible
0: i had to take my wife who was then my girlfriend wanted to see them and i we saw them in smash mouth oh, and i wow. wanted oh, to like, god i wanted to <laughs> fucking stab my ears with like a screwdriver <laughs> well,
4: you can't That'd even though awful. you hate him
3: you can't argue six million copies and that all that guy i heard was legendary of just like slaying pussy of uh, the lead singer. <laughs> <laughs> He's
0: really going is for Is that some how good his third blood. eye got blind? For sure. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: it's chlamydia. It's yeah, oh. yeah, it's it's crusty. That's what it is.
3: <laughs> it's not all the way blind. It's, it's just crusted it yeah. over and needs the cream. That's what it is. So, Carlos, but yes. Uh so yeah, mine is yeah, uh do, do uh, the
1: uh whatever it is the equivalent of staying after the game is of bringing us home yeah yeah
3: we'll just see what, we'll rally cap right here um yeah this 1997 april 15th this is um a, a trio of uh, young young fellows that came out of nowhere and but definitely rocked the scene because uh, i remember hearing this song at basically every middle school dance at this point in time in my life was uh hansen's oom Bop which oh my was their God. successful debut single one of the most successful debut singles of all time number one in 27 countries and has been featured on basically every now that's what i call music since it's been <laughs> its release so.
1: it, was, it was the puppy episode of one hit wonders yeah. yeah i think there's actually somewhere in writing that
2: no matter what version of now that's what i call music <laughs> they have to be um, bob it. has to be on the cd
3: like 2046 um bob track one <laughs>
1: right
0: <laughs> dude just because that song is so bad this worked flawlessly i worked at a company like i don't know, this was about six or seven years ago and uh, they were taking donations and not many people were donating i forgot what it was for but they were you know there was a collection nobody was donating So they came up with this thing. Whoever did this was a fucking genius. Every, like, just a random point of the day, Mbop would start playing out of your phone (laughs) speakers.
3: Oh, man.
2: Oh, that's awesome. And
0: he would not stop playing it until he got a donate. Like, if somebody donated in, like, two seconds, he would stop playing it. So until he got that first donation, he would just keep playing it. Once every day. Isn't that extortion? Holy <laughs> shit. They did pretty well that year. I'll tell you that.
2: They retired to a house in the Cayman Islands shortly thereafter. <laughs> yeah. Never saw that guy again. Scumbag.
0: He
3: only accepted cash. Right.
0: <laughs> what were we donating to again? Right. What? The this Human Fund. This is like fund. pre-dating Kickstarter. The Human the, the Human Fund. All right, Mark. What do you got?
2: All right. I have uh, an album that came out in uh, April. 7th of 1987, DJ Jazzy Jeff and The Fresh Prince called who? Rock the, the House. The Fresh who? The Fresh Prince. Who the fuck is The what, Fresh Prince? What's well, his real the, name? The Fresh Prince just happens to be the giant, mega, huge movie star that we know by the name of Will Smith.
1: And Are you this talking about album, that, uh, that Netflix guy on Bright? Is that yeah, Will Smith? that guy. Okay. Yeah, this is the
2: very start of his long career. This is where it all started. If it wasn't for this album, Rock the House, which I did own. I had the cassette of this album, and I I have to say it, I rocked Rock This House. I did. I, was, I wasn't a big fan of Rock This
0: House. I did have parents just don't understand on cassette single. I had that as well. <clears throat> I think that's where they really kind of took off. What was the other song that they had? Which Nightmare one? on My Street or something? Nightmare on like- My Street, yeah. Nightmare on My Street, yeah.
1: Was Girls Ain't Nothing But Trouble, is that the same album? Yeah, that's no. Rock This
0: House's, oh, okay.
1: uh, I believe it is. Yeah, Girls
2: Ain't Nothing But Trouble and Guys Ain't Nothing But Trouble. And uh, Just One of Those Days. It's a
0: precursor to uh, Scrubs right there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but this is where it all started for Will Smith. Rock This House, DJ Jazzy Jeff, and The Fresh Prince. And
0: I'm not going to uh, make this last too much longer. <laughs> I had this is the first CD that my mom ever bought for me. And that's White Snake. White Snake came out on uh, April 7th, 1987. And the album sold 8 million copies in the United States, eight times platinum, five times platinum in Canada, platinum in New Zealand platinum in the UK, and gold, all these other fucking places nobody cares about. But, of course, had Still the Night, Is This Love, Give Me All Your Love, and the song everybody knows, Tawny Catane, On Your Hood of Your Car, Here I Go Again. That's yeah. what we got.
2: It's a fantastic album, start to finish. Oh, yeah. Covered up
1: uh... back. Reference by Bowling for Soup in the song 1985. Is that what I'm is that thinking the right thing? Oh. I'm sorry to confuse you There's everybody. a lot of references
2: <laughs> in that song. Yeah, <laughs> try y- it? you lost me at Bowling for Soup.
0: Really? You didn't know that song? No. What? Oh, dude, you actually like that song. There's like a shit ton of references in that song. It's really? the Ready
1: Player One of songs, dude. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are no, like, hey, I just, just throw I've as many that. pop culture references in this song as possible. And they're like, all right. All right. I just will have the 19. 19. Challenge 19. accepted. They mentioned my birthday,
0: all... but yeah, that's, that's what I got. I'm not going to drag this out. White Snake, shit ton of album sales. Everybody knows the songs. Everybody knows the image of the chick on the hood. And we saw her at Rhode Island Comic Con. She was not looking too hot. I think she was in a wheelchair. Oh, which was kind of weird.
3: The wheelchair she... should be a car. She should be like a wheeled on a, around a... <laughs> on the hood of a car. <laughs> oh, oh my God. i hope she's okay i hope she's okay but
0: uh yeah apparently uh she wasn't doing too hot when we saw her
2: all right well not that it matters much but let's go over to mike ranger for the verdict <laughs> on this round again again another another tough uh
4: around here uh but the problem is like with third eye blind and uh hansen is that they're kind of one hit wonders two
1: yeah. Third Eye Blind is a two-hit one.
0: Yeah, I know they got two, but
2: yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, basically, had the same song.
0: Oh yeah, you could have you could have put Mbop on Third Eye Blind's album, and it, nobody would have noticed.
2: Right, right. Because think I'm not gonna do it because do, it would be do, torture. Do, exactly. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah, you get it stuck in your head, and it's the same thing with Umbop. That both of those songs,
0: what were they both the... in the same? What if there was a remix of the two of those songs together?
2: Oh, God, I'm that doing would that be in the... my head right now. And it's don't my fucking mind. <laughs> Mike's head's gonna blow up like the fucking just, guy from just, scanners don't. in just a minute. <laughs>
4: oh, man, you know, when it comes down to it, I just have to keep traveling down the only road I've ever known. <laughs> and I'm gonna give it so to you're the Mama the Luke's. To Green Day.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we get <Yeah>. a nine. <laughs> we get a nine. Nine. Yep. Nine. When I add all
4: these together, it's the Mama Luke's nine. The Blue Barracuda's is <laughs> one. <laughs> Ninety-seven was not great to us. Fuck. I don't know why, but I thought 97 was going to be such a better year. What
0: was the final score?
4: Uh, 9 to 1.
1: When I saw all we had to play with, I was like, oh, this is a guaranteed sweep. Yeah, yeah, UMBC'd me, or I fantastically overestimated my ability to sell 1997. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know what? You gotta, You got to use
0: what you get. Whatever's there is there, and you guys just didn't have it. Got
2: to sell it. Got to find it. And if it's not there, sometimes you got to make it up.
1: <laughs> I, I tried that and then we lost then too yeah. <laughs> there
0: will be no making stuff up Mike
2: Ranger's there to check the facts
1: he is the law oh, man. he's the law
2: <laughs> alright so unfortunately that's where we're going to end the fun for this episode fellow poopers but don't worry we're going to be back next week with an all new episode of the poop culture podcast check us out on www.poopculture.com want to say thank you to our special guest this week Carlos, from the Be Kind and Rewind podcast, please download their episodes, subscribe. Carlos, tell us about your current episode. What's been going on, man?
3: I just released an episode today. Uh, we did a uh, a throwback to the best and worst video game accessories. So go check that out. We got a great list. We had a bunch of shout outs to people who are uh, listeners. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. And we got some pretty special celebrity or nostalgic celebrity uh, interviews coming up here pretty soon. Nice.
2: And, of course, the Honorable Mike Ranger from the Video Rangers podcast. Mike, what can people expect on the current episode of the Video Rangers?
4: Uh, Next Tuesday, we will be putting out episode 69, which will be Tom Selleck starring in Mr. Baseball.
2: Love that movie. (laughs) Offering free mustache rides for all the ladies. On episode 69. That's right. (laughs) 69, dudes. And of course, I want to say a big thank you to our special guest, Jimmy, for coming in and joining the podcast and, uh, you know, joining in on the madness for this week.
1: This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much.
2: (laughs) So until next time, fellow poopers, we bid you a peace, love, light, and a joy. Have a terrific week, everyone. What you just heard was a podcast in the Poop Culture
0: Extended Universe. For more great podcasts, make your way to www.poopculture.com.